What's up, everybody? My name is Adam, and I'm the host of the You Know Adam Same podcast, the show that is dedicated on bringing on passionate people, learning about their stories, and delivering value to entrepreneurs. So if that's what you're interested in, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions and all things business. Today, sitting across the way is a good dear friend of mine, Mr. Patrick White, or better yet known as Chef Patrick White. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Uh, It's been a long time coming, to say the least. Uh, (laughs) Chef, I am so happy to have you here. Uh, For those that don't know, uh, let's talk a little bit about the services that you provide to this area. I, I call myself an executive private chef. Uh, former executive chef, former sous chef, all that good stuff. But I mainly focus on private chefing and traveling to different cities and cooking for people in their homes. Very nice. Um, so it's pretty much like the special, the specialty of it is like a, it's a pop-up dinner right there in your home. Okay. Um, so that's where, you know, the pride and joy comes from. You know, there's a little bit of catering every now and then for the most part. But as far as like buffet style versus uh, plating, courses, multiple multiple courses, um, private chefing is more, mostly multiple courses. Love so, that, yeah. love that. So, you know, uh, as a chef, um, food is obviously something that you love, and I actually love your food. Yeah, I've tasted your food before, <laughs> uh, very familiar with thank it. You. It actually comes up in my dreams at times, but uh, tell me a little bit about how you got into this industry. Um, so... As far as the private chefing goes, or as far uh, just kind of like the beginning, right? Take me back back to day one. How did day when one? did you know that you were <laughs> going to take this direction? Uh, definitely, definitely high school. Uh, it started in high school. Uh, I had some inspirations before high school throughout my childhood, as you know, cooking, family time, and you know, my favorite holidays was always Thanksgiving and Christmas, where most of the food was out. So I always had those inspirations. But day one was probably high school where, um, you know, we had these cooking competitions in high school. I was part of LCC LA. And, mm-hmm. um, Where'd you go to high school at? Uh, Southeast Bullock. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Southeast Bullock. And it, it was great because I, I was into sports. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to a small community college for football. Um, but, of course, I, you know, hurt myself. And I was in a dilemma, in a kind of a limbo where I was going to go and um, my culinary teacher, Miss uh, Cynthia Lovett, I had I gotta mention her name because shout out, gotta, shout out. <laughs> I gotta give her props, and she she pushed me towards uh, doing these cooking competitions, and you know it kind of intrigued me because we came in second place um, during the region competition. We would have get Statesboro High and Porto and Claxton, I think, some other schools. And you know I was like, okay, we came in second place. We cooked some chicken scampi and. Uh, some kind of blueberry salad with mm-hmm. some balsamic vinaigrette or something. And then uh, the top two in region go to state. And so we came to second place again at state. This is, you know, going against schools from Atlanta, East Georgia, West Georgia. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, okay, the competition is still there. So it's like that co- competitiveness kind of lured me into thinking, okay, what what is this about really? Because I didn't know what a chef was. You know, everybody has an idea what a chef is, somebody who cooks 
some guy with a you know white coat or a white hat and <laughs> stuff like that. So love the hat, by yeah, the way. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm gonna have to get me one. I gotta rob uh, me yeah, one of those. Know, yeah, <laughs> it, it works. It works. <laughs> love um, it. But yeah, so you know, I just, I just got intrigued with it. So I knew then I wanted to look into it. Um, as soon as I graduated high school, I went straight to culinary school and got intrigued with it even more. You know, learning from uh, the professors there at Okichi Tech, right there in Statesboro. Um, Chef Brian at the time, Chef Tony. Uh, yeah, Chef Tony. Um, and they're great, great professors. They they were so, you know, very, very important to my journey of learning or, you know, having interest in it. Mm-hmm. So uh, culinary school kind of gave me the basics and kind of intrigued me a little more because we talked about different cuisines, different cultures, different uh, backgrounds of food mm-hmm. and the history of it and the professionalism and so that kind of, all right, so that was probably day one of me thinking, like, this could be something I could look into. I didn't know if it was going to be a forever thing yet, but, you know, I knew that I wanted to kind of dive into it. Take me back to, like, you know, back in the day when you were uh, growing up, and, you know, what is your first memory of cooking? Um, Okra. That's the first thing that pops in my head. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, because... How was it made? Fried, deep fried okra? This one was stewed. Okay. And I remember it specifically because it was terrible because <laughs> of the sliminess. But I remember it because it was like my dad cooked it. You know, he, he cooks. Oh, he does the, cook? Yeah, he does cook. He's he's probably the best cook in our family for the most part. Um, oh, snap. <laughs> so it's hard to say that. But, um, <laughs> but he's a great cook, and he cooked this slimy okra. And I remember everybody else in the house don't like okra. It was mm-hmm. just him. Yeah. So for some reason, well, one, I was made to eat it. <laughs> so he made me eat it. You know, we don't waste food around there. So um, I remember the sliminess and the salt and pepper and, you know, just not understanding what it was. But I knew that, you know, it was food. And so that's one of the main memories I always go back to because sure. now – now as a chef and as a southern chef, I have a love for okra. Yeah, I respect it. I love it. You know, it's it's a, it's very tasty and the history of it is amazing. Mm-hmm. But so now I go back to that first memory of me not liking okra and being made to eat the slime and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then me, you know, ten, twenty years later, learning how to cook okra ten different ways. So that's comes full circle. Yeah, comes full circle. So that's one of the first memories. And then of course. Um, we used to do a lot of barbecuing grow up, mm-hmm. growing up. Um, back when I was like very young, like two, three years old, we had a, a hall, a couple of halls in our backyard. Okay. So it wasn't really a farm per se, but we had, you know, we had some pigs back there and um, we did whole barbecues. So I remember doing that, uh, being part of that. We had a big grill and we'll cook whole hogs and barbecues. Um, then I remember us getting a wild quail. Um, we used to cook a lot of wild quail. We used to get, like, the crate full of, like, hundreds of quail, clean them, cook them right wow. there on, on site. So as I became a chef, I started to go back to those memories that those really, you know, stuck with me because I really enjoyed that. That was the most important moments of my life. You sure. Know, being, having family and food all in one umbrella. Really so you were exposed to uh, cooking at a very early age then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right? Like, definitely. I think that yeah. a, a lot of times, you know, that – 
those uh, important me- memories kind of like at that age yeah. kind of like proliferate through, you know, when you're starting to like go to class and kind of like show interest in like other things. Exactly. exactly. Um, how about, you know, in, in terms of, you know, inspiration in, in like on TV, w- were there any chefs that you, were you watching kind of like it was Food Network a thing at this time? Uh in high school, yeah. In high school, I was very, very into the Food Network. That was definitely my favorite channel. Mm. Um, maybe even before I started doing the cooking competitions, that kind of led to, I started, like, really, I love Chopped. That was my favorite <laughs> all-time show. Still is to this day. I love Chopped. That's, yeah. That's what I get my creativity and my adrenaline going. And um, But, you know, Hell's Kitchen, of yep. course, Gordon Ramsay, yep. just watching him. So at the time, Food Network, watching the other different chefs, the Iron Chef competition and Chef Morimoto and uh, Chef Ramsey. So just watching all that at the time kind of inspired me. But before that, of course, um, there was a c- couple cooking shows like uh, Julia Childs on GPB. Um, used to watch her a little bit. And there's a lot of like traveling shows I used to watch growing up, but not like really into it. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I didn't really get into it till high school. So we're at the point where, you know, you have, you know, you had, I guess, an injury that Mm -hmm. kind of like kept you from chasing like the sports side of things. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you you start finding out that there's this competition element of cooking that's super exciting. Do they still hold the competition now? Um, they they do, but um, not unfortunately not at Southeast Bullet. Mm. Um, the uh, culinary program dissolved um, past couple of years. Miss mm. um, Cynthia Lovett um, retired after that, and but they they still have it at Statesboro High, and they still have it in other surrounding counties. Uh, I know Claxton and Long County is big. They're big on that, so yes, they still have it. Got you. Yeah. So it's uh, a whole different ball game now too. That's right. Yeah. What What do you mean by that? I mean, like, uh, um, so I had a, a full circle moment. I think it was earlier this year. I went to Claxton uh, High School, and I was a judge for love that um, the cooking competitions, the same cooking competitions that I kind of got started on. So it was a full circle moment then. Um, but, you know, just being a judge and watching how those kids move nowadays, they actually have culinary teachers that went to culinary schools that help them now gotcha. you know, coach them. So you th- you think the level of cooking has increased? Yes, the level of cooking has increased. Um, yeah. Even though even though it's, it seems to kind of, you know, there's more opportunities out there now. So mm-hmm. it's not just, you know, culinary. You know, you could go, you could just be a content creator and just do recipes online and stuff like that instead of being a chef. So though, though the... You know the other avenues have opened up, but their level of cooking has increased. That's amazing. A, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I was watching, you know, the the kids nowadays. They're they're plating and they're taking the plating seriously and the the art of it and the, you know what goes with what. Uh huh. I know it's because of, because of the culinary teachers kind of coach them a little bit. Sure, which of is course. Great. So. But I'm like, you know, I wish I would have had that <laughs> when I was in high school. But. Got you. So, you know, you, you get out of high school and you decide to go to culinary school. Um, in in between this period of time, have you did you work at any restaurants? Well, my first job um, coming right after high school was Waffle House. Oh, yeah, snap. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so That's that why your food's so good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it wasn't culinary school or learning under the great chefs. It was Waffle House. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, but, yeah, Waffle House, I started right, like, 
I graduated that May, mm-hmm. and that set that same year in September, I started Waffle House. Yeah. And I remember um, fi- trying to find a job, a restaurant job. You know, I, I think I applied to Ruby Tuesday and, uh-huh. you, know, um, you know, Longhorns and places like that. But Waffle House was, like, the first job that gave me the opportunity. Sure. I didn't know what was going on. Like, that was the first time I've ever walked into a Waffle House. You know, I'm how old am I? I'm, like, 19 at uh-huh. this point. So, you know, I didn't know what Waffle House was. I knew I, – I remember Huddle House. Sure. Because I, I grew up around the Huddle House. So, you know, me walking into Waffle House and seeing all those cooks and seeing how fast they move and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, they, they're actually, like, cooking. And then – um, the the man the management at the time was great, you uh-huh. know, and the cuts at the time was great. Mm-hmm. So when I was introduced to Waffle House, there was a level of quality that you know really doesn't get. It's just through now. Yeah, you know, people think it's just for drunk people for the most part. Uh-huh. But, um, no, I, I think, still like Waffle House. I think, man. I think, I, Waffle, I think House Waffle House is. Yeah. There ain't nothing wrong <laughs> exactly. with Waffle House. Exactly, I think Waffle House is great, man. Like, if, if you got a great cook, great cook, and a great management, like you can get a great plate of food. Love that. Um, so you know, I was introduced, um, and they, you know, as soon as you walk into an interview, um, you don't. I, I think you eat before or after the interview. E- either way, you you get a plate of food for free. And you know, I was that was my first time having Waffle House. The hash browns was perfect. It was mm-hmm. golden brown. It was crispy, fluffy. The omelet, the eggs, the omelet was fluffy and perfect, and it's like, man, they really take a little pride. You know, I thought this was like fast food, sure, but you know, take a little pride in their food. So, I was like, it could be a potential restaurant I could, you know, see myself at. And, um, but yeah, so you know, Waffle House was my first job that that year, and I remember my first memory, my first great memory there was, um, I was working my butt off because I was still trying to be a chef. And I was still trying to apply to other restaurants, like sure. real restaurants. Um, and but you know, I was working my butt off, and the the manager at the time he noticed, and he appreciated it. And right there, three months later, I I got my first raise. You know, and this was my first job, my first raise. Um, I had I had a I had a great you know concrete finishing job before that with my dad. My dad owned his uh-huh. own concrete finishing. Uh-huh. So I worked with him for years. So technically that's my first job, but my first restaurant job, the Waffle House manager noticed my hard work. Um, he gave me a raise right there on the spot. And usually you have to wait at least six to eight months to get your raise. You know, you have sure. to wait a certain amount of time. But um, And, you know, that was my first memory. And then not only that, you know, me mastering grits, you know, we – we, we we take for granted the small things, especially chefs and um, cooks nowadays. We take we take for granted the small things that actually make a great cook. Yeah. And people think it's easy to make grits. It's not easy to make grits, especially mm. for you know if you're cooking a waffle house, you got to make you know five <laughs> gallons a day. You know if that you got to make ten gallons a day. Sure. So you know making grits at a bulk to where they can be perfect. Throughout the, you know, they got to last a couple hours to get you through the day. Sure. So you have to make them perfect to where they're still fluffy, they're not watery. So just small things like that I've I've uh, learned to not take for granted as yeah. a chef. Because I didn't want to be an arrogant chef. I wanted to be one of those chefs that really took advantage of every lesson, every opportunity that came in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I took serious how to make hash browns perfectly, sure. how to make grits perfectly, how to... Um, 
you know, make an omelet in the right technique, keep it fluffy and not add, you know, not overcook your eggs because we know if you overcook your eggs, the water is going to come out, you know, just a, you know, I was learning the science of it very I, early. I love the passion that you have. Yeah. Like, you you know, we're talking about Waffle House right now, <laughs> yeah. but you are, like, getting into the nitty-gritty, yeah. which, which yeah. you know, is what cooking is about. Exactly. Being a chef, being, exactly. you know, putting out something that you care about and putting passion into your work mm-hmm. is why people will come back time exactly. and time again. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's a phenomenal, Thank you know, you. A- aspect of kind of like, you know, the things that you do is that you put your heart and soul into it, yeah, exactly. regardless of what it is, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, so how do you get to kind of like, what's what happens after that? You, you Yeah, so Waffle House and then that same December, that same year in December, I finally got the call from Emma's restaurant. Okay. Um, so while I was working at Waffle House, I was – you know, trying to, I was creating my resume. Thank you to my beautiful wife who helped me, you know, build my resume uh-huh. and, you know, get that to a T um, to where I can go to a restaurant like Emma's Restaurant. And, you know, I handed up my resume. I went there like five, six times yeah. before I even got a call. So let's, like, lay some foundation. Yeah. Emma's Restaurant uh, was one of the, f- I think, first restaurants that was joined to a hotel yeah. in Statesboro. Yeah. And the person that was behind that concept, I believe, was Jason, Jason Scarborough, Scarborough yeah. which absol- in, in this area is an absolute legend. I yeah. think now he actually works as a chef for directly for U.S. Foods, yeah. if, if I'm not mistaken. I think I think he's still there. He's still yeah. over there. Yeah. Um, but he brought a level of cuisine to Statesboro that was unmatched. I think his first restaurant was actually Blue Moon Blue Cafe, Moon, yeah. Blue Moon Cafe, Blue Moon Cafe yeah. uh, which is in the current Tandoran Tap. Yeah. Um, it used to be in the uh, Tandor and Tap, and he just brought something very different, unique to the area um, that was absolutely amazing. And, he, and then he, he went over to Emma. So at this point, uh, Emma's is just starting out, or are you coming on board? Oh, uh, like, no, I, I'm coming on board uh, maybe like three, four years later. Okay. Um, yeah, Emma started in 2007. Um, that's when he first opened the doors. Um, and at that time, at that time, like you said, it was the first, pretty much like first very upscale, fine dining, um, high quality farm to table restaurant, you know, in Statesboro. So it, it really changed the game. It trailblazed all the other restaurants that's here now. And, yeah. And, you know, that was here in the past. And so I'm coming on board uh, in 2000, late, late 2010, no, 2011, late 2011. And, uh, you know, it was still very upscale and fine dining at the point. Um, but, you know, it was, it was kind of one of those things where it was in between is uh, prime. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, so I started there, like, as soon as I, you know, got the call and my wife was with me when I got the call from Jason. <laughs> I remember specifically because it was like, I would say it's one of those first highlights where as a chef you, you kind of you dream of. You yeah. Know? I hate to I hate to underrate it, but at the time it was like a dream to, you know, have a passion to go through culinary school, to work at Waffle House, and then all of a sudden you actually get a phone call from a, a actual chef. Mm. So I remember that specifically, and you know, so I started there, and um, and I always say I started off as a dishwasher. You know, he hired me on. He hired me on like a, a utility cook. Okay. But of course, you have to. You know, you got to go earn your the stripes. Ranks. Yeah, earn your stripes. So, yeah. um, I'm washing dishes for the most part, and you know, I'm helping maybe like put up food and 
maybe prep a little bit, but really mainly dishes. And um, so I always call myself a dishwasher. I take it. I take it serious. Sure. That's one of those things where um, I I I've, I always had the mindset to master every position I worked at. So when I was washing dishes, I was trying to be the best dishwasher I was. Mm. Um, and I didn't, I didn't take it for granted. That is such a rare quality these days. I, I mean, I, I kind of like work in, you know, the same industry. I have two restaurants and, mm-hmm. and just having someone that wants to do the job to excellence, yeah. regardless of what job Definitely. it is, right? Like that is something that is rare and hard to find in Definitely. this day and age. Definitely. What, why do you think you had that mindset? I, I you know, I, I give the, the credit to probably my upbringing, my mm-hmm. family, um, you know, they didn't per se like teach me how to you know learn these things and not take life for granted. But I've always I've, I was always appreciative to where I was in life mm-hmm. um, and the family I grew up with and the love I shared and the moments and um, that led to me working with my dad and seeing how hard he worked for his company. You know, he's been doing cement, cement finishing for fifty years, fifty mm-hmm. plus years, and. Um, and he really takes his job seriously and mm-hmm. his craft. And I've never understood that growing up, wondering why, you know, he's at, you know, he's doing the trial machine, the cement finishing at 12 o'clock at night. Mm. You know, wondering why he's getting home 5 o'clock in the morning because he didn't want to leave the cement to, you know, dry or crack or anything like that. So th- those small things, like, he really took his job seriously and, um, the science that he knew of his job kind of led to me. I think I adopted that same mindset, that Love same that. work ethic, that same kind of that drive to get it right. Especially for when you're cooking for people in their in the clientele that he was cooking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took his guests. Uh, you know, you call them customers. People call them customers. I call them guests. I took the I took them seriously and what they wanted. So. Yeah. I think me adopting that and and then me trying to stay humble, stay grounded. Um, and not taking life for granted, that's what me led me, you know, to take every position seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it was dishwashing, whether it was prep cook, whether it was, you know, cement finishing, whether it was Waffle House, I really wanted to kind of, and then not only that, in the back of my brain, I knew it would make me better. Sure. So me, you know, the competitive side comes out as in, okay, um, I'm not in New York City. I'm not a Michelin star chef. You know, I'm not learning under Chef Ramsey. I don't have that kind of opportunity that a lot of New York City chefs or San Francisco chefs have. Mm-hmm. So what what can I do for a young chef trying to make a name for itself? What can I do to kind of, you know, uh, have a leg up, you know, or try to keep up with those guys who are, who does have the opportunities? So I knew if I, okay, if I actually stayed up studying my culinary books, and if I actually like literally paid attention and took every opportunity to kind of learn from a dishwasher, from a from a grit cook, from a waffle house cook, if I actually took the time to learn all these things, mm-hmm. I could be better, if not be on the same level as those chefs, you know. Um, so that's that's what really drove me to kind of keep learning. And I think in here it's very important for the audience to hear this. You know, this will always lead to opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in this day and age when it's so difficult to find those type of qualities. Uh, if you put in the effort, mm-hmm. it will get noticed yeah. and they will, it will happen. Yeah. So how did that happen? When, when did you start getting noticed by kind of like your team over at Emma's? Yeah, so um, I remember specifically because 
you know, like I said, you have those those highlights in your brain of like the greatest moments of your career. And <laughs> I remember like, cause you know, I, I appreciate coming up under Jason because you know, he didn't give you what you didn't earn. Mm. So he, he really took the time to, you know, embrace me as a young chef or as a young cook. So I remember just keep trying to learn. Uh, at this point, um, I think I'm finally on the cook, on the line cooking and help plating and stuff like that. Um, and the sous chef was at the saute station. I think Jason was maybe expoing. You know, he was calling out orders or something. And I remember because, you know, I was I finally found my rhythm. Yeah. So I finally, instead of me thinking and me being hesitant and me being timid to plate or do anything. I, I was on a rhythm to kind of, I was boom, 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 boom. Is that confidence? You you mentioned rhythm. Yeah, rhythm. I think it is confidence. Mm. I think my confidence finally went up. I think what helps is you, you do something long enough mm-hmm. and, you, and, you, and you go home and think about the mistakes long enough. <laughs> and, you, and you get chewed out by, by yeah. yourself long enough that you finally catch on to, all right, maybe I need to do this instead. So... Um, I finally found the confidence to kind of. It's almost like you're you're moving and you're cooking without actually thinking. Yeah. You're on the rhythm. So, once I the first day I've done that and Jason was there and the sous chef was there. Um, they they uh, uh, the sous chef said good job or something like that, and Jason shook his head and he was you know he said yeah yeah you're right Patrick you're finally you know I think you're finally caught on or something like that. <laughs> He said something smart, but <laughs> <laughs> well, it was how cool, much time? Though. How much time did it take? It it literally took like um, maybe one or two minutes. Like right after, I think it was it, it was in the middle of service. Yeah. So you know, service starts. You know, we open at five. Maybe some orders come in, and then the busy time starts around six, seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, we're on the rhythm. I think it was like literally in between service. Yeah. To the point where he didn't wait until after service. He didn't wait till the next day. They were at, it was literally right there on the spot. They noticed, okay, he's you know he's getting better kind of yeah. thing. And you know that really was important because that that made me want to get even better. Yeah, you know? of course. <laughs> so it was one of those things where I didn't get complacent. I knew, okay, so this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. So as soon as they recognized it, I just took it to a whole nother level. Love that. And I think that's what made me kind of, you know, rise in the rates a little faster than usual. Yeah. So, and and it helped. It was it was the best thing. Best thing you can do is encourage and you know give that kind of recognition. Um, what position did you rise to at Emma's? So finally, uh, I think it was like four, four or five years later, maybe four. Um, I finally became executive chef of awesome. of Emma's, and how that know, feel? It was it was amazing. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I did, I didn't want it to hit because <laughs> I didn't want it to get too cocky or confident or complacent. But it did hit me at a certain point, like when I was um, when I actually had the opportunity to create the whole menu. Mm-hmm. That's when it finally hit. You know, not when. You know, not when the manager gave me the, you know, the general manager of the hotel, he gave me a call and, you know, he kind of, you know, explained to me what's going to happen and, hey, you're you're the candidate, you're the number one candidate, stuff like that. It didn't hit then, um, but it really hit when I got sat in the the chair in the office and 
talked to the staff about the menu coming up and stuff yeah. like that. So that was that was pretty cool. Just that's when it that was amazing. It was an amazing feeling, especially being at a young age. I was uh I was uh, around twenty twenty two, twenty three years old, maybe twenty two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being so young and having that opportunity, it was it was a great, great feeling. Yeah. You know, I, I knew I still had a lot to learn. Sure. And, uh, and I knew that, you know, um, me me being a young chef and me being humble and knowing how important Jason Scarborough is and, you know, other chefs like Chef Ramsey, I knew that, yeah, I got the executive chef title, but I didn't let that, okay, I'm, I'm still not a chef in my own brain. I, yeah. I'm not going to let everybody else know because I'm the executive chef. Sure. But in my own brain, I know I'm not there yet, just sure. So when does that moment come for you when you kind of like get to the point of like, hey, like I am a chef? Oh, man. I've, I've always been hard on myself. So if you want to talk about like just Emma's in general, I guess at Emma's my first I am a chef moment was probably... Um, or it can happen after too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, or maybe it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, it, it happened like maybe like six or seven. I would maybe like six or seven years after. Like, I mean, let's see. At, at the time at, at Emma's, I had five, six years of experience. You know, I, like I said, I became executive chef at an early age, and I still knew that I was great. But you know, I did. I had a lot to learn. I still mm-hmm. had a, a lot to learn. I wanted to learn, mm-hmm. so I knew I wanted to learn from other great chefs who got twenty, thirty years in the business. Mm-hmm. So, I think after I went through a couple of resorts and a couple of hotels, and I learned other other great chefs, and I think finally, when I felt like I got a lot of my stripes. And then I finally became executive chef again. I think that's when it kind of clicked to me. Yeah. That okay now now I have arrived. Mm-hmm. You know, as a chef, now I can feel comfortable sitting beside Jason Scarborough yeah. or you know something like that. So I, I compare this a lot to kind of um, <clears throat> like entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I have never ever called myself an entrepreneur before. Until for me, it was until the moment that other people started calling me an entrepreneur. That's when I felt like oh, I had arrived. Okay. Right? Yeah. So that's kind of like how I balanced everything. Yeah. If like, because entrepreneur gets thrown, in, exactly. anybody, anybody yeah, yeah. can be an entrepreneur. <laughs> anybody, you know, anybody that yeah. has you know a, a business up and running. But to me, that kind of like was, uh, I guess, the gateway or the yeah. rite of passage, if you will. Yeah, it was hard because, um, like you said, you know, I, pe- when when people think of chef, especially nowadays, they think all you have to do is go to culinary school, mm. put on a white chef coat, maybe work in a restaurant, and now you're a chef. And me idolizing other chefs, I knew that wasn't that wasn't the case. Mm. Um, so, you know. I was called a chef early on, especially by my family, you know, because, <laughs> you know, okay, Pat, you know, Patrick's a chef, you know, yeah. that's what everybody say. But really, I was working at Waffle House, going to culinary school and, you know, maybe doing a little prep cooking at Emma's. Yeah. And I was still being called a chef and sure. I knew I wasn't a chef. So that's why I was like, I, I don't like to 
um, downgrade the term chef and just hand it out to anybody. Sure. Um, e- even if you're in the industry. So I, I think, you know, I think a chef has certain qualities and certain um, aspirations and certain a certain level of um, chef that chefness that he wants to give to people. Chefness, let's yeah. define that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Let's let's, let's call <laughs> look, it. Look in the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so you know, I didn't want to just you know become a chef or think I'm a chef at an early age just because mm. I got on a chef code. So I wanted it to be something that you work for, something that you have to like earn stripes. Because I truly believe that you know Gordon Ramsay, I think. Um, if I can remember correctly, I think I, I heard that Gordon Ramsay, his first restaurant, it took him 10 years mm. to even have an opportunity to become sous chef or something like that. Sure. In the same restaurant. Like, this man worked 10 straight years before he even became yeah. a prominent part of being a chef. Yeah. And he took that seriously. So I'm not, I'm never going to, like, okay, I'm two years in of, you know, cooking. Now I'm a chef. No. Sure. So. Um, let's catch us up. So now we feel that, you know, we have chefness or yep. chefdom or whatever we yeah, want to call chef-ness. it. Uh, <laughs> at what point do you kind of like start this new venture? So this latest venture yeah. is you become, you are now a private executive yeah. chef. Yeah. When did that happen? So that, that happened like late 2020. Um, um, I finally, you know, I had the nerve to leave the restaurant industry. Yeah. <laughs> I always say I have the nerve. Why was that scary? Number one reason why it's scary because you, you as a human being, especially as an older human being who's married, you have, you have obligations and you have priorities. Mm. Um, and, you know, as a young man coming up, you, you, have to, you have to navigate between going for your dream and working but you know, having income come in, mm. steady income, especially, especially, um, especially when you have you know certain obligations. So that was the number one reason why it was scary, because you know I I wasn't on my own. So it was you know I had a wife. You know we we're talking about settling down. You know um, starting a family and getting a house and all that good stuff. So me leaving a steady income mm-hmm. for stepping out on my <clears> own. <throat> mm-hmm. Was you know Scared. questionable? Yeah, it was questionable. So it was one of those things where um, you know me leaving the restaurant industry and and me leaving something I already knew. Mm-hmm. I knew you know at this point I'm ten maybe ten years in already. Um, so at this point I'm pretty familiar what I need to do as a chef to get a certain job or or go to a certain restaurant. And if I get on to a certain restaurant, I knew how to navigate through those sure. restaurants. So I, you know, I'm a, I'm a veteran at this time, so I know what I need to do. So me stepping out on my own and leaving what I knew for something I'm not sure of was kind of questionable. Let's so, talk about that yeah, because yeah. this this channel is really built for entrepreneurs. Okay, right? gotcha. Yeah, beautiful channel too. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> what what what? Let's dive that into mm-hmm. that. What made you ultimately take that leap? Because that, that, I think that's the challenge that a yeah. lot of entrepreneurs face, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I have obligations. I have, you know, uh, a family to take after, take care of. And I need to make this choice of leaving this steady income that you already know how to navigate. Even if you went to a different yeah. restaurant, you knew how to kind of like get through the ranks, kind of move up. Yeah. To the point where you're like, I'm taking this leap of faith. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm you know, this is my shot. Yeah. I, th- I think what helped, <clears throat> well, before before I get into that part, I think what really helped me lead to that was 
I've done most of everything I needed to do to know to know about chefing. So, you know, at this point, I was executive chef a couple times. I was sous chef many, many times. Um, I worked in a five-star platinum golf club, so I know what fine dining is. And then I worked in a hotel, so I know what upscale, mass-produced catering is. Um, and then at I didn't mention that, you know, before I even left the restaurant industry, there was a small point in time, I think it was like a year maybe, there was a small point in time where I stepped out on my own. I was in between jobs, chef jobs, and I did some catering. Mm. So I kind of started trying to do, yeah, yeah, just get my feet wet a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of, all right, so I knew that what that entailed. So at this point, I've already built up the kind of the mental capacity to know what I'm getting myself into mm-hmm. as a chef. So now I'm at a certain level as a chef where I, you know, I kind of know myself as a chef, what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, what I kind of like to do and stuff like that. So that kind of helped me. Self-awareness. Self-awareness. So now that kind of helped me know. So I I wouldn't recommend anybody just jump out there without knowing, okay, you know, as a hairdresser, I wouldn't want to just, you know, start my own hairdressing business without working into a few, working at a few hairdressing places, um, you know, taking some losses, you know, as a hairdresser. So you have to, like, kind of build that. So I think, you know, me uh, leaving the restaurant industry late 2020 to – become a a chefpreneur. I call it chefpreneur. Okay. So, um, um, all these new terms. Yeah, I I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, just being a chefpreneur, it helped because I, I knew, I knew what direction I wanted to go. Uh I wanted to kind of work for myself, um, and kind of put my chef brand out there. Um, and then also have the opportunity to kind of work with different people and work with different chefs not be limited on time or working with different nonprofit organizations or working in the community or stuff like that. So I do that. That was what really drove me to kind of make that decision was I wanted to like, I really wanted to go in the direction I wanted to go in Mm. Um, and really take that leap of faith and, you know, really have time to create a family and Mm. You know, now we got our you know our first child on the way. Our baby, love it. our baby girl. Love so. it. Love <laughs> it. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And so it's just one of those things where I I I kind of knew, at least I wanted to hope. You know, I, maybe I didn't know, but I I wanted to believe that if I left the restaurant industry, I went in my direction I wanted to go in. That finally the doors w- will open. Mm. I wanted to have that kind of like you said, leap of faith, but it was more of like I kind of strategized strategized this for like years. Yeah. You know, I mentally thought about it. You know, me and my wife talked about it. We strategized it on paper. You know, we it, it went over and over in our heads, like how we were going to do this, and I knew that certain doors would open, and, and it did. More doors than I thought would open, and it was a blessing to kind of – have that have that faith in you know faith in God or faith mm. in family faith in you know my surroundings. I knew that's what direction I wanted to go in. So, so if there are other chefs out there yeah. that are maybe following a similar path, they're working at a restaurant right now. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give them to um, do? 
I, honestly, um, I would tell them to get get their stripes. Um, that that's the main thing. Um, I wouldn't. I would not recommend it to uh, especially young chefs. Like if you have three to five years in the industry and you're trying to now trying to be a private chef, I wouldn't recommend it because all the 10 to 12 years of experience I have in different restaurants, different caterings, different different jobs, it led me to be a better private chef. Mm. Um, that led me to become a executive private chef, not just a private chef, but an executive private chef to where you can, you know, understand the business side of it as well. Um, so I, you know, my advice would be just get get your stripes as a chef per se. You know, keep working in restaurants, um, keep you know, keep taking crap from your superiors or <laughs> um, keep trying to keep trying to manage people, which is probably the hardest job in the world mm-hmm. in the industry, especially the restaurant industry is managing different people. Um, keep trying to um, learn the science of mm-hmm. cooking, not just, you know, how to make things look pretty or, or even just how to make things taste good. The science of cooking, why things happen the way it happens, why garlic happens at 350 degrees, why it, you know, just learn the science of cooking. It, it literally may be a better private chef. Now, when anything comes up, especially for me as a private chef, I've, I have, I've had moments many times where my my experience had to kick in mm. as in, you know, some mishaps may happen. Like, sure. you know, I I think I burned some bread or, you know, burned some sauce, how to, you know, get the flavor out of something, how to uh-huh. how to cook in a short amount of time, you know, because, you know, there was a couple of times I got stuck, stuck in traffic and, you know, dinner has to be done at a certain time. So now I pretty much got an hour to cook for 10, 10 plus people. Yeah. And so it was one of those things where me as a chef, I knew what to prioritize to get everything done in a certain amount of time. So and I knew how to cook fast, not just fast speed wise, but fast efficiency. Yeah. So I learned my efficiency over the past ten years to where okay, I'm gonna go in and start the potatoes, get those at a certain point. I know if I get the, the get the pot on the stove, um, as soon as I get in 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 the building, by the time I'm done peeling the potatoes, the water will be at a boil. Timing. Throw the potatoes in, keep the potatoes whole. Um, depending on the size, keep the potatoes whole because if you keep them whole, the uh, the fluffiness will be better once you go to mash them. And then, okay, the sauce, get the sauce started, get the garlic going, get the, you know, just a small intri- intrigue, intrigue um, components that goes into cooking. That's right. Like just small things like that I probably wouldn't have had if I started Private Chef me five, five, six years ago. Mm. So that's why I mean it's like, it made me a better chef, better private chef, better businessman, better, you know, now, now you know, with the company I partnered with, I'm one of the best chefs they have because I have took my 10 years of experience, I took it to a whole nother level of me taking it serious. Yeah. And me learning from, you know, other chefs and the small things, I paid attention a lot. So yeah. definitely, that, that's the advice I would give. What, um, so in how do people find you like what is the best way to be get uh in contact with uh chef uh, so White? the main thing would be um instagram okay um what is it uh chef patrick white okay chef patrick white it's all under one word um 
Luckily, I, I got my I, my own website as well. Okay, uh, which is chefpatrickwhite.com. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> um, thanks to uh, Jean-Quet Sanders, Jean-Quet Sanders White, who built my website. She's my uh, niece-in-law. Okay. Um, she has her own uh, marketing company called White Collar Marketing. Okay. And uh, she built my website from scratch, and probably the best website that I could have ever dreamed of because you know she knew the the intricacies that I wanted to kind of have on my website, the cleanness, the, you know, everything. So um, I do have a TikTok, but Let's go. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting better at uploading videos and, you know, doing TikToks. But, yeah, Chef Patrick White on TikTok as mm-hmm. well. Um, but, yeah, you can just find me on all those platforms. You can email me. Um, I do have a, a partnership with a company called Food Fire Knives. Um, who's a private chef platform? They're they're great people. It's owned by a former chef. Well, he's yeah, former chef. Um, and then um, so they're they're great. And you can find me on foodfireknives.com under uh, Chef Patrick White as well. And we have uh, different chefs and different menus um, to where you could choose from. At. And the link is always in my website as well. So. Um, and it's a great opportunity to kind of just be private chef and have those links and. What's the future yeah. hold for your brand? Um, what do you hope to achieve in the next five to ten years? Uh, well, let's see. I, I always dream big. That, that's my main thing. I, I always got to shoot for the stars, so to speak. Um, so the main thing would be five to ten years. Let, let's start with five years. Five years, I I have to have my own cookbook. Okay. Um, and my own uh, chef comic book. Okay. So I'm working on those two things. And then... Um, I'm working on my uh, pop-up dinners. Okay. Uh, hopefully, starting next year, I will be doing a lot of lot more pop-up dinners. Um, hopefully, get into the rhythm of I want the pop-up dinners. So, of course, to be you know donation based and go go towards uh, the Chef Patrick White brand. But hopefully, once I get in a rhythm and get it to a prominent uh, rhythm of stage, I want it to be. I want the pop-up dinners to become part of the community as well to where I'm raising money having that. for, uh, you know, whether it's the Boys and Girls Club or, you know, the Till House or anything like that. So I wanted to kind of be part of the community. So pop-up dinners, uh, cookbook, uh, chef comic book. Um, uh, I wanted to start my own sauce brand. Um, I'm working on that. Um, most of the ingredients that I'm going to put in my sauces are going to be from the Statesboro Farmer's Market. Love that. Um, so, you know, whether it's honey-based or um, I have a sauce called uh, collard green pesto I'm going to do. So I'm going to take the collard greens from uh, Better Fresh Farms there in Metter, um, honey from uh, Humble Bumble or other honey companies. Um, let's see. So just sauce brand, just have a different sauce. I have a uh, sweet potato agridoce that I'm gonna do, so um, sweet potatoes from Jacob's Produce, hopefully, or anything like that. So sauce brand, pop-up dinners, cookbook, chef comic book, um, and then, so of basi- course. So uh, basically you're not gonna sleep, is what no, you're saying. No, sleep, no <laughs> sleep, <laughs> no sleep, no sleep. But uh, yeah, hopefully just doing all that. Then uh, one of the other things, of course, YouTube, getting better at social media, uh, getting better at TikTok, so. I had a vision for YouTube and starting my own YouTube page, but I think I'm going to start with the TikTok sure. and expand that. And 
the ideas, let the ideas go towards the TikTok and get that build up. But I, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll say, you know, one of the things uh, about you, Chef, that, you know, that is very inspiring is I know that whatever it is that you do decide to do, yeah. um, and this kind of like goes back to our point earlier, you're going to put your heart and soul into it. Yeah, definitely. So no matter if it's a comic book, pop-up dinners, or whatever definitely. these things are, uh, I'm super excited to see kind of like where all of these different um, businesses take you. Thank you. you. Thank I'm, you. I'm very, very inspired. Thank so. you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, welcome. Uh, thank you so much for coming to the show. And then, um, yeah, man, I'm going to be uh, mm-hmm. be in contact soon and see what yeah. we can cook up. Well, thank, thank you for having me. And uh, this podcast is amazing. Thank I, you. I do, I do do my best to watch it. Yeah. And you had some great, great uh, interviews on here. And uh, even learning from, uh, I forgot, you had a barbecue person on here. Yeah. So I had uh, Papa Bucks. Yeah, Papa Bucks. And he, he was talking through. about how to, you know, how he started and how he went to other people that own restaurants and learned, yeah. you know, just ask questions and stuff like that. So that was, that was great. And, um, but yeah, I, I appreciate what you're doing and thank you. And, uh, uh, my 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 last advice. I really wanted to touch on my most important thing that I wanted to give. You asked me about the advice to sure. young chefs. The main thing is I, I've always took lessons very seriously, and like we discussed earlier, learning how to um, excel at those lessons coming up and take every opportunity that you're presented with, not opportunities that you want, but opportunities that you're presented with. Take those as learning lessons. Mm. Like, as a dishwasher, I learned how to become the best dishwasher. I didn't take it for granted. As a, a person who cooked grits every day, I, I took that serious. As a Waffle House cook, I took that serious. As a um, as a cleaning person, I took that seriously. So just learning those different lessons at different points that made me a better chef, that made me become the chef I am today. And, um, and yeah, just, just keep learning that's yeah. a gym man i appreciate it <laughs> well you. again thanks for the show uh Thank you so spending much. some time and then Thank uh you. yeah super excited really stay connected go follow uh chef patrick white <laughs> on you. instagram and all the platforms um but yeah that's it thank you really appreciate it cool man yes sir <laughs>